You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And only a couple of weeks of spring practice left. Spring game right around the corner. We continue to hear from a lot of these coaches for the first time, some players as well. This spring and this time, the focus is on the wide receivers. We've been focused on the defense a good bit these last few, uh, these last couple of weeks, but now kind of shifting back toward the offense. And now, wide receiver coach Kerry Colbert spoke to the media as well as wide receiver Justin Shorter. Also, in this episode, a preview of 84 Reasons, the Gator Collective's new podcast with Ben Troop. You get a preview of his interviews with Jervon Dexter and Lorenzo Lingard. First time we've heard from Lorenzo Lingard, so that's a really good. Um, uh, guest to, to, to get along. We haven't not heard from him yet so far this spring. So you get a preview of that episode. You can go subscribe to that on your favorite podcast platform. But that's a new venture there from the Gator Collective uh, and Ben Troop. So really, really good stuff there. We'll get you a preview of that, of what 84 Reasons is about, and a preview of those interviews with those two players. So, all right, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on the YouTube version. Subscribe. Get those notifications when there's a new Gators breakdown out there. Leave a comment in the comment section. Really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. And check us out on the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. All right, here we go. Kerry Colbert, hear from him for the first time and his thoughts on this Florida Gator wide receiver room. It's about uh, performing daily, um, coming out here and being consistent, um, executing and making plays ultimately, right? So at the end of the day, you know, we want to we play and rotate a lot of guys. Um, you know, we're encouraged by the room and, and we feel like we have a good amount of guys that can go out there and contribute. So at the end of the day, you know, however we, uh, we roll it out there, um, it's really based on how they perform and in practices and scrimmage and, and consistently and making sure they're doing the things right on and off the field. So, um, 
but you know we'll we'll see and you know at the end of the day we don't we, we don't play for another few months so we'll figure that all out later naturally with time you know it'll you know the mistakes and uh, the indecisions or, or guys will be able to play faster throughout the system um, the longer they're in it you know obviously it's it's new you know um, and you know I just think uh, like I said earlier they have the right mindset and, and mentality and they just kind of attack every single day and and uh, you know try to come out and make their plays when they get the opportunity some good some bad um, you know and, and I think the biggest thing that we talked about is trying to be more consistent um, and just having an attention to detail for all the little things um, you know but that's going to probably be uh, most games you know if you have a growth mindset and growth mentality you're always trying to find a way to get better and uh, you know we, we made some plays in the scrimmage and, and there were some that we left out there and uh, you know we got to just continue to just work and, and uh, you know try to get better one day at a time. Yeah, I think everybody's kind of had their moments if I'm being honest um, you know and, and or a day or you know a period in practice and and uh, I think that's the encouraging thing is that they're being really receptive to the coaching and, and you know from the top down you know whether it's the things that coach Napier is stressing or, or things that coach Sales stress as an offense um, or just things that we learn you know or have in our meeting you know they're just taking you know attention to detail in the coaching and, and they're just trying to be better but I think everybody's kind of had their moments you know here and there and uh, that's very encouraging to see it's not a secret that um, it's one of the best conferences if not the best conference in college football right so um, but at the end of the day you know we go against uh, the best every every single day you know in our DBs and and uh, I think that's the great thing about being here is that you know we're, we're facing that every single day so when we get ready for Saturday um, we've already been preparing at the high level there we go coach mentions you, you know each wide receiver having their time doing some good things and that's been confirmed through, through various practice reports and the open portion and closed portion uh, some of the reports that are coming out there Justin Shorter, we'll hear from him, but he's been the best and most consistent. Probably no surprise there. Trent Whittemore, you know, reviewed this a little bit, missed some time early, but is coming along pretty fast, showing some his good hands, good route running. Frazier's had a nice start to spring. He was, he was one name that kept popping up toward the beginning of spring. And then you've heard some a little bit from young receivers, Dejon Reynolds and Marcus Burke, that are showing flashes. Those guys have to show some more consistency. Of course, the whole group he – as Colbert says, needs to show more consistency. But those young receivers, those are the ones we're really, really looking for. Uh, to, uh, you know, Florida's going to build some depth. Florida's going to get some playmakers and that we haven't seen yet before. It's going to have to probably come from those young guys. I think there's some more to untap from Justin Shorter with this new staff. Maybe tr- hopefully Trent Whittemore can stay healthy. Xavier Henderson really, you know, we, we, we hope he takes that big next step. Uh, that that we kind of hoped that we were getting when when he signed with Florida, uh, so you know a, a lot more consistency across the board. But really, those young guys, if Florida's going to take that next step at wide receiver as a position group. I really think you know Florida's. We, we know probably the starting three if history's any indication, and still what kind of what we're hearing through spring spring reports, shorter Henderson Whittemore. Uh, but the whole group needs to show consistency, no matter how much experience you have, and take that next step. At, at the end of the day, I think we all kind of still sit here and say the top end talent just isn't there, and that's kind that's crazy to think about. I mean, Florida should have had top flight wide receivers lining up to play after those 2019, 2020 seasons, contrasting to charge a quarterback. But staff, last, last, last staff, and I, I, keep, I hate to keep harping on this, but this is kind of why we are where we're at and when we discuss these position groups right now. 
last half dropped the ball. That's not to say there's there's not good talent at the position. Uh, I think you know, maybe because of quarterback play, a lot of other factors. You know, Billy Gonzalez, maybe really coaching these wide receivers up, but didn't get to see a whole lot of it last year. So it was that a systemic issue? Uh, did the whole staff just kind of just drop the ball? Now, I think, and like I said, the quarterback play as well last year didn't do him any favors. So, and Justin Shorter, number one guy, there's certainly another step he can take. Henderson, big-time recruiting profile, hasn't developed into that player just yet. Can the staff unlock that? You know, but you had the production of, uh, of a Van Jefferson, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, Swain, Hammond. Big time ready to insert wide receiver should have just been lining up on the roster. We shouldn't have this many questions about the wide receiver position. But instead, instead, this you know, this staff has to dive deep into development in this new offense. These players, they'll get some good coaching from, from Colbert. We'll get into that in just a second, too. But also remember, Billy Napier has a History coaching wide receivers from his time at Alabama, a background working with wide receivers, a background working with some high level receivers. So you hope that part of you know his coaching, you know, look, he's coaching the quarterbacks too, but hopefully as a head coach, can share that knowledge at the wide receiver position as well. In Florida, find a second group of receivers behind those main three that we've mentioned. You know, what wide receiver is going to step up and test defenses down the field on a consistent basis? So what we're still wondering about from this position should be a lot of one-on-one opportunities in this offense, especially if the ground game gets going like we kind of expect with these running backs, the defensive have to worry about Anthony Richardson taking off with his legs as well. So that scenario where, where, where Colbert talks about going against the Florida DBs in practice, that that has to pay off. I'm high on this DB group. So if these wide receivers can have some success, versus this defense, and hopefully that goes a long way in producing in games in the fall. As we move through these final two weeks of spring, this group may have may have shifted, in my opinion, may have shifted to the biggest question on offense. Not the offensive line. That's certainly up there. Don't get me wrong. This wide receiver group, I may have more questions about. And kind of just more of a wait-and-see approach of how this group performs in the fall. Another position I see Florida attacking the transfer portal in after spring practice. So still a lot of storylines, still a lot of questions. Not saying they can't answer these questions. I think these questions are, are valid. And I know I may be jumping the gun or maybe questioning this group more than the offensive line. But given the dual coaching scenario at the on the offensive line, who Florida has there as proven contributors and Billy Napier's kind of system and inserting and Osiris Torrent there on along the offensive line. I have less questions about the wide receiver, about the offensive line right now. But one question I don't really have about this wide receiver group is who the number one receiver is, who that leader is. That's Justin Shorter. Here's what Kerry Colbert had to say about him. That guy works his tail off. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, and he's every single day, every single play. Sometimes I got to like kind of slow him down and, and, and get him to kind of like, 
take a little off, you know what I mean, of his body as far as like on off day and, and stuff like that because he always wants to go. He always, he's always trying to get better, which is a good thing. Um, but, no, he's, 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 he's been a joy to, to, to be around and to coach because it means something to him. And, and, you know, I think he's very excited about the opportunity that he has this year, and, and um, I'm excited to be working with him. He leads by example by just how he takes care of his body, how he's always up here, you know, whether it's in the weight room, whether he's in here catching jugs or, you know, how he practices and how he goes. And, you know, so you just see him physically. I mean, you know, I just think, you know, obviously – he, he, he works very hard, you know, so I think for the young guys or guys coming in, they'll see that and kind of understand that, you know, that's the way to go as far as uh, having a work ethic and, and being serious and being serious about your craft. So, um, like I said, man, with that work ethic, you know, I expect, you know, great things out of him. And, and uh, that's always encouraging to see. That is exactly what, what you want to hear about your leader, your number one receiver. It's exactly what you want to hear about Justin Shorter. He's taking on that leadership role, putting the work in. He's that guy in that wide receiver room that hopefully has that big breakthrough this coming season. Really came on toward the middle of the season last year, six, catch, six catches versus LSU, four versus Georgia, five versus South Carolina, six versus Samford. Right there in the middle of the season, Florida was losing games there, but Justin Shorter was putting numbers up. Like to see that transfer this season, you know, in, in some wins and not losses, but this is it. I mean, it's his last go around transferring from Penn State. It's a five star recruit, expected big things from Justin Shorter. We've seen some big catches, we've seen some flashes. Now we see, see those stats and those big catches on a more consistent basis in the SEC, gets the bigger teams on the schedule. No need to count for something there. So where is Kerry Colbert coming into this for Justin Shorter? How is Coach Colbert helping him become a better wide receiver? He's a great, great dude, great dude. I was, I was very, very happy when we, I got him because looking at his history, he has coached a lot of like, like, like bigger wide receivers. So just meeting with him for the first time, I was like, hey, like I want you to coach me, and I'm just gonna be this like huge sponge and soak up everything that you know. So he's a great guy. He 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 cares about you know every single player, and 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 he just coaches as well. I, I feel like I've learned so much from him already, you know. And we're only really two weeks in the spring ball. What are some of those little things that he's maybe brought to your game? Um, I'd say definitely just being just learning how to like control my body, like um, like like top of my routes, like um, counting steps, stuff like that, really really working on those jump balls and really like going and getting the ball instead of, you know, letting it, you know, come to me. Just small stuff like that where like some bigger wideouts, you know, we can get better on. I just love the way that like he, he teaches us and like he's like young. So, you know, so like he like he like he like has his cleats on. He's out there running. He's out there running. Yeah, he's out there Wait, doing the drills. For, oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's super fast. So. Um, I always tell him I actually want to like see him do some um, one-on-ones versus the, versus the defense one day. <laughs> there we go. So it sounds like they're having a good time with Colbert out there. He's young enough, as he, and you heard say you heard shorter say fast enough to go out there. He's working with the receivers. He's running the routes with them at a full speed. You know, he's still at that uh, point in his life, and, and and you know, young enough to to you know translate his college game his nfl game to these gator wide receivers he's out there with his cleat on running routes showing these receivers how it needs to be done and i love what justin shorter said you know there you go i mean the the point that i think we've all tried to make about justin shorter these last couple of years is playing without body control 
using that 6'5", 228-pound frame to go up and get those jump balls. As I said earlier, we've seen those flashes. We've seen those type of catches, but not that aggressiveness on a consistent basis from Justin Shorter of going up, attacking, and getting the ball. He's, he's got the frame. He's got the size to jump over these DBs out there to, to make catch after catch. And that is one point of emphasis that Billy Napier has really brought to these quarterbacks and these big body wide receivers Florida has. I mean, Shorter's not the only one. Throw a catchable ball to these receivers. They will work with these receivers to go get those balls, but you throw a catchable ball. Put it near them. Can't throw it into the back of the defender. Put it up in the air. Let these big receivers go up and get the ball. Now, there's a, you know, they're linking these two things together. But for sure, you know, use that frame. Go up and get the ball. Show it off defenders. This third and five, go run that six-yard route. Use that body size. Turn your, turn your body back towards the quarterback. Show it off a defender. Go get the first down. So that's more of what I want to see from Justin Short on a consistent basis. Be a red zone threat to go up and get the ball in the end zone. But also, in those ever-important third downs, use that big body frame to go get a first down. So I want to see how Colbert teaches those things, how much of a difference it makes in Justin Shorter's game, at least on the consistency level. We've seen it. We've seen flashes. That big catch versus Arkansas in 2020. And that was that big go-up-and-get-it moment that I've been kind of wanting to see from Justin Shorter. We got it there. and I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we'll see that more. We really haven't. Like I said, I think last year a lot quarterback play had a lot to do with it. So we'll see what a hopefully improved Anthony Richardson at the quarterback position can bring to these wide receivers, and specifically for a, a player like Justin Shorter. We'll get into that too. He has something to share about AR. But first, before we get there, uh, it was a scary situation, of course, with Justin Shorter going down uh, late in the bowl game versus Central Florida. Uh, everything's good there. We heard him on the Gator Collective Spaces a few weeks ago that I, I co-hosted, and, and that was the first question I asked him: uh, How how's he recovering? He's recovering well, uh, but you know there was more. There was more about returning to the University of Florida this year for Justin Shorter. And my family sat down, and um, I just felt like. Um, just ending the way that we did, I feel like I can do so much more to help this team, you know, win games. And I feel like that was the main goal in me coming back because I just want to come back and just be with all my teammates, all, all my brothers, you know, and just and, and like really win and like go out with a, with a, you know, with a bang. How much personally do you feel like you had a chance to sort of be the featured guy? Um, a lot, but I say it's, it's, it's not even about that, you know. Um, we got a brand new coaching staff, you know. Um, we got players that are that are hungry, you know, and just hate losing, you know, like me, like just thinking about last year, every single game about last year that we lost, you know, it just like makes me so angry and like upset where like everyone's working so much harder. So I I really say just as like like all of us like every single player is just like so pissed off from like last year, man. Like we all just trying to come back and just get at it really. So it's like about that. On that field right there, you know, we go out there every day. Everyone gives, you know, all their all their all their effort. You know, DB's going hard against me. I'm going hard against them. You know, so it's just it's just really just like working working out every day and just putting putting all in. I, I would say honestly, since since that new coaching staff came in, that first week of us, you know, coming out like working out, doing training, just how they had everyone, you know, like like together doing everything together. We're working hard, going doing every day. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm like happy that that I came back. You know. There we go. We like the mentality right there, I think, 
unfinished business. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you know, shorter has, he has work to do if he wants to go to the NFL. Probably wasn't getting the best draft grade either, but I like the mindset. Uh, he says they hate losing uh, after the success of the first three seasons uh, under Dan Mullen, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, last year it had to be somewhat of a shock and disappointment, embarrassment, uh, and leave a bad taste uh, in his and, his and the teammates, his teammates at Florida's mouth uh, as they are. They're approaching this the right way this offseason, at least saying the right things there. And we've heard about the accountability and now the togetherness that Billy Napier is trying to develop uh, as far as the culture goes for this Gator team. Sounds like the relationship's off to a good start between the players and the coaches and uh, that that change and buying into that change and buying into this culture change. So, you know, we'll see this. The spring was probably going to be a wake-up call. The, the winter conditioning, probably a wake-up call for a, a good bit of these guys. But you have to you – know, has to be somewhat of a motivating factor of some kind of bounce back season for Florida. Was Florida as bad as they showed last year? Nope. One reason you got a new head coach. And Florida's not that bad. Now there was a transition. We'll see how fast everything can gel with everything that's new with this new staff. But you know, the players got to take some accountability and, and a mentality of unfinished business and bouncing back from an embarrassment last year. Sounds like that's part of the motivation at least for Justin Shorter and probably a lot of these other players as well. Well, with Justin Shorter coming back, he gets one more chance to play with Anthony Richardson. What has been his takeaway from the Gator signal, Gator signal caller so far this spring? I just love how how just calm he is, and and really any situation, even like during scrimmage, you know, like it could be where we could be backed up, you know, like because that that that's the situation that they put us in. And he's out there, he's calm, he like knows what he's doing, he's telling people where to go, making making the right checks, right reads, and, and just I just really see him putting that time and putting that work in to uh, to be that guy, you know. But um, I really say everyone everyone's been been working so 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 hard, man. I'm like I'm so proud of this team, you know, right now just because and like we just started and I can't wait until camp till we can we can get out there, you know, do it again and then hopefully take it into the to the season and just show everyone what we got on that first game. Definitely like hearing that calm demeanor there from the Gator signal caller, Anthony Richardson. Uh, sounds like Justin Shorter <laughs> is impressed. And I really like hearing, hey, look, he puts us in the right play. He got the right checks down, throwing the ball where he's supposed to. Now, been, of, of course, you know, Anthony Richardson couldn't throw the ball much before spring, but he could learn the playbook. Uh, and we know all that uh, goes a long way into it, but you couldn't really put it to the test, especially for him, because you couldn't even really get together with your wide receivers, at least for Anthony Richardson because of him recovering from his knee surgery to kind of go through the playbook a bit. So now this spring kind of been the first time there, been kind of maybe some reports of him maybe locking on to, to one receiver, but still leading the charge at quarterback, still being the guy at quarterback, his playmaking ability, just too hard to ignore. Now there's a, a highlight out there on social media of AR running. It's a close-up shot of him, so we can't really tell, but you can tell it's a long run. It's at least a – 50, 60 yard run uh, there from Anthony Richardson. So still showing some speed, still showing explosiveness, still showing speed there for Anthony Richardson. Uh, but we, you know, we, we've got to wait till the spring game till we can see it all come together uh, there. But really nice to sh- sh- see him out there running. I mean, well, we know it's limited this spring because of him trying to bounce back from that from that knee surgery. Very limited uh, there is AR and, and, and that knee, but good that we get some highlight there of the speed, the explosiveness of Anthony Richardson. But, of course, it will always come down to his arm. Uh, but, look, I think it's, you know, Will and I talked about it 
a couple weeks ago. I think maybe a little bit of blessing in disguise for, for that knee and maybe keeping him limited somewhat, keeping him in the pocket, develop even more that, that, that part of his game, knowing the offense more uh, as well, where to go with the ball. We know that was something he needs to improve on from last year. Uh, in, in panic situations, trying to get rid of the ball, just kind of throwing it up for grabs and then the ball getting picked off. For everything as great as that, for yeah, for as great as I think Anthony Richardson can be, you know, there, there needs to be the improvement there, and that comes with knowing the offense. So I do like hearing you putting us in the right play, putting us, you know, getting in the right checks. But you know, shorter says you know, the whole quarterback room playing well right now this spring. So we gotta wait, we gotta wait a little, little while longer before we get to see it with our own eyes at the spring game. But right things are being said. Right things are being said there from a wide receiver who gets to work with Anthony Richardson and those quarterbacks each and every practice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. One more note on the wide receivers. Go back to Kerry Colbert right quick. And um, uh, Finley Graham, if he was asked about Finley Graham, said he's transitioning well to the wide receiver position, was a DB. But now making that transition to wide receiver this spring, said he's a natural athlete. That's helping with the transition. Colbert said the staff first got together. When the staff first got together, Finley was still a DB in that DB room. But Graham kept joking with him about playing offense. And then about a month later, the jokes turned into serious conversation. And now Finley Graham taking reps at Rye receiver. So hopefully that transition continues to go well. And Graham can you know, turn into that speedster that Florida really, really needs at the position. Need more speed at that position, at the wide receiver position. A guy that can go downfield, stretch defense, take the top off. Hopefully Finley Graham can become somewhat of a threat. Go take some time. Go take some transition time. Hopefully develop as his career goes on to be a, a speed threat at that wide receiver position for the Gators. Starts this spring. Starts this spring there for Finley Graham. All right, as I teased earlier, here's a preview with the new Gator Collective podcast, 84 Reasons with Ben Troop. His first couple of interviews, it was released last week. First one would be Jervon Dexter, defensive lineman for the Gators. And this week, the new episode features running back Lorenzo Lingard. So instead of me explaining what 84 Reasons is about, I'm going to let you hear it from Ben Troop and then a preview of the episodes with Jervon Dexter and Lorenzo Lingard. 84 Reasons. 84 Reasons, to me, is going to be about the stories. It's not about the games. It's not about the schemes. It's not about the matchups. No gimmicks. No excuses. Just reasons. Every last one of these young men and women are unique in their own right. Yes, they can, they can perform athletically on the playing field, on the baseball diamond, so on and so forth. But what I'm most intrigued with is the person. Most often the times when you get a chance to play at a prestigious university, the most prestigious university, 
known as the University of Florida, sometimes the brand is bigger than the brand ambassador. But I beg to differ. I believe the brand ambassador pushes that brand. But I want to know who that person is. I want to know about him and her. Why they are who they are. Why they do what they do. But most importantly, what do they look forward to becoming? 84 Reasons get to dive into that. Talk about the people, places, and things that help shape who they are, what they are, and what they hope to become. 84 Reasons is a journey. 84 Reasons is an opportunity. <laughs> 84 Reasons going to be the reason why they get to learn how to brand themselves. Me being true, I got a chance to be able to learn about this a long time ago. Back in 2000 when I got a chance to you know, begin my journey with the University of Florida. Here I am, 22 years later, still getting it in. So 84 Reasons to me is my opportunity to show these young men and women just how fortunate they are, just how blessed they are, but just how unique they are. Like I said, no games, no glory, just a story. 84 Reasons, make sure you check us out. It's going to be a fun ride. My first guest, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to top this one. The man from Lake Wells, 6'6". If you haven't seen him, well, you must live on the rock. The man, the myth, the legend, the future beast, Mr. Javon Dexter. What's going on with you today, Javon? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good today. Uh, thank you guys for having me on the show. Now, Javon, man, Lake Wells, you know, I mean, I, when I thought of the, when they said you was from Lake Wells, the first name that jumped out at me was Amari Stoudemire, man. What be going on in Lake Wells, man, to do everybody down there look like you? Um, it's kind of uh, just the the area and the whole Polk County area is like, it's just, it's, we kind of just breed like athletes, breed dogs, breed just size and everything in Polk County. But Javon, when when I'm looking at when I, I remember you coming out of high school, I mean, just freakishly athletic. I think you led the state in sacks that season, like thirty some tackles for loss. I mean, mm. at what point on that football field did you realize, even though you haven't been playing that long, which is even scarier, that you realize, man, I could, I could, I could really go out here and make something happen out here. Um, really, it just I, I always been the the type of guy that. If I'm doing anything, I'm trying to dominate it. Like I'm not gonna like go into anything and, and um and give it like halfway. I'm gonna uh anything I do, I'm trying to do it uh the best the best of my ability. So just like, like I said, like when I went out there it was kinda like if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it all the way. I ain't gonna really halfway do it. Now, Javon, when you think about coming to the University of Florida, everybody everybody feels as though their talent is is on that level to be able to go out there and go. Talk to the people that's listening about, man, what it really takes to not just get recruited by Florida, but how much different it is once you get out there competing, not just on Saturdays, but Monday through Friday. Um, I think that um, the biggest thing is, like, when you get to, to the uh, collegiate level, you got to understand, like, Everybody was the best in their uh, area. Everybody was the best in their state. And so you have to kind of find a way to, to separate yourself and, and, and do something because everybody, like, um, everybody has talent at that once you get to the to the uh, college um, stage. So 
you got to kind of find like uh, something to to separate. So even if it's just going in and watching more film than than the uh, opponent or studying plays longer or just doing something or just practicing a little more, but you got to, you have to find a way to like separate yourself because like I said, like everybody at the same uh, equal talent as you and some may be more talented than others, but the, um, the kid who is not, uh, less talented, he understands that he got to do something to, to uh, separate himself because he understands he's not as talented. So he's watching film 24 seven. He's trying to get better 24 seven. So at the level, I just think that you got to find a way to, to separate yourself and, and, and be different if you want to um, succeed. Talk about going from a young guy on the roster to being one of the leading guys on that defense, not just, not just on the defense, but on the team. I know that guys like, uh, you know, Antonio Valentino, even though those guys have moved on, was mentors of yours. Now you got to mentor that young group. Talk about stepping into that leadership role for them young defensive linemen who obviously looking to you for that leadership. Oh, yeah, that's probably been the, uh, the biggest thing for me just because um, – Growing up, I never really been a big vocal guy. If I was leading, it was mainly by by example. But um, just learning, just being here and and seeing some of the leaders that, that has come through, and it's like it's almost like you gotta kind of use your voice more. So that's been a a big thing for me, just using my voice more and and just taking on the the uh, the role because like um, just as a young kid and just a young person, just. I've always been that leader. Like I've always noticed, like however I do things, people will follow. Um, so I, I just kind of, uh, well, I've been actually just working on like just me being a, a more vocal leader and just stepping up and just, um, and and not like you said, not just doing it as just in the D line room, but uh, trying to be a leader on the on the whole team. If I see something wrong, I need like. Kind of uh, let the guys know, like, okay, that's not we can't do that this year, and just little stuff like that. Um, honestly, what I've been been trying to do, and, and um, I think that I've been doing a, a pretty good job uh, at it. And um, Coach Napier um, staff is, is um, very easy. is is very easy to do on Coach Napier staff because he won't let anyone um, do 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 any wrong. So it's like um, it's not very much to to lead, but um, that's mainly what I, I say I've been doing, just trying to um, work on my vocal, leading vocally. It's all about the people, and I don't think it get much better than my next guest, man, had a chance to follow this young man since he came out of Orange City, Florida, I want to say about five years ago, but the thing about this man that says him apart is no excuses. I mean, just, just, for, just for those of you who don't know, I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lorenzo Lingard. What's going on with you there, Lorenzo? Not much, man. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, Lorenzo, man, I mean, you know, if anybody would know anything about you, all they got to do is go to the Twitter feed. No sympathy needed. Always grinding. Man, talk talk about your grinding. Because the last time I seen you or the first time I seen you, I seen you pulling a Dodge Ram with people in the car and on the back of the car, man. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that come from my um. One of my older cousins, Howard Lingard, he played for uh, Florida um, a while back. And just just hearing his stories about how he worked, you know, it kind of inspired me at a young age. Um, I would go to his, uh, his high school games. I think I made it to one of his games here in Gainesville. And, you know, since then I've been inspired to work out 
from like a young age, probably like fourth grade. I took like a, I took a broomstick and some weights and I just like taped it up and I was in the, I was in the garage working out. And, you know, since then it's like, you know, I just have fun working out. Um, I find like, you know, different things I can work on, rather be strength, uh, you know, speed work, stuff like that. Now, Lorenzo, you coming out, I mean, you was, you know, considered by most the top running back in the country, definitely the top running back in Florida, chose uh, to go to Miami before you choose to come to Florida. But what's different about you is forget the fact that you changed schools. I think you've had three coaching staff, Diaz, Mullen, now Napier. Talk about just being able to not just transition from one school to the next, but, dude, it's hard to be able to transition from one coach to the next. Yeah, I think it's four because I had Rick. I had Rick. Uh, Rick. Oh man, so, oh, so you, oh, so you had you had Rick then Diaz. Well, yeah. so we're talking about having four coaches in four years. Man, it's just uh, they all have their their traits, you know. They all have their knowledge and whatnot. And I had I had a chance to be coached um coached by Thomas Brown, um for the Rams. Him, he was my first coach. So basically, he was there with me at at Miami. But overall, all my coaches were great, man. You know different styles, different people, but like, you know, at the end of the day, they're all, um, like, they're all there for the players, you know. They cared about us a lot, so. That's Lorenzo, you know, I mean to cut you off, Lorenzo, when I think about you, man, I think about a guy of perseverance. And in, the, in today's world of the transfer portal, people look at it as, oh, he don't want to, he, he got in the transfer portal because he didn't want to compete or he didn't want to deal with me. Just talk about what well, winning your decision to want to jump in the transfer portal. Like you mentioned, you got cousins that played in Florida, so you grew up with the University of Florida ties. So really, uh, so my dad, he has a um, kidney disease, so like basically he's been on dialysis for like 19 years, I think. So, like, you know, things got kind of rough for him during 2019. So, like, uh, basically I decided to, like, you know, come closer to home, be closer to him. So uh, I got the hardship waiver, came here. And then I knew from the jump, you know, Florida was going to be hard. Like, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You know, uh, I'm about to come work. You know, it's, it's bigger players. It's not it's not the ACC. So I'm like, man, if I want to be great, I'm going to have to play against the greatest every day. So, and I made that decision. Now you now you just brought up a point. Now I mean, th this is you saying it. What is the biggest difference in the ACC and the SEC? I just think, man, you got. I mean, I mean, like both, like you know, both, both, uh, both sides like grind. But I'm talking about here is like raw, raw side. You got guys who are super strong, super fast. You got guys that's 275. Uh, 275 pounds running 19 miles an hour right at you. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's a big difference. And, like, every day you're going to have to bring your best. And if you don't, you're going to be smashed in the face. Now, Lorenzo, I would be remiss, man. I mean, you talking about your dad and him being on dialysis for the last 19 years. Talk about the stuff you pulled from him. This is, this is the reason why, you know, we have these uh, – I have this unique platform – you know, to be able to talk about the man behind the face, man. Talk about the strength you pulled for your dad. Dialysis for 19 years. How did that shape you? Not just even as you are now, but as a young man. I mean, him being a great person, uh, overall being a businessman, you know, he always treats people with um with respect. And uh, today, it has um it has its benefits. You know, people um people like him. He's well respected or whatnot. But I mean, uh, so. When he was like going through his uh, his process, his uh, his um like you know things got bad for him. I think when I was in 
my second year of football, I ain't seen him for like two weeks because like he was in the hospital. And then he like, um, I went to him. I didn't know what was going on. He was in the bed. He was like, okay, you know, just work hard at practice. You know what I'm saying? Go hard at practice, play hard. And, you know, I was a little kid. So, so um, I wasn't a skilled player. Uh, I was on the line. <laughs> and then I, um, basically, like, during that moment, I'm thinking about my dad, like, you know, him being in the hospital. And then he was like, be tough, be strong. And then I think from that point on uh, that we could practice, like, you know, like, like a switch kicked in on me. And I just became like a different ball player. And then through him, his strength uh, is just, it's crazy, man. Uh, I almost lost him during COVID. Actually, he had uh, he caught COVID and then it, uh, it attacked all his uh, his organs and whatnot. And and uh, we had practice, so I had to leave after practice. I get there, you know, COVID rules, you can't be in the hospital. So I'm outside the hospital, like man, like, okay, like oh, I can't see him, but you know, just to like be outside and talk to him on the phone, you know, that was important for me. But overall, like him, his strength is like his his power. Like he's just a strong person. Like I don't know, like how he do it, cause. Dallas is not easy. I mean, like, like uh, he see people go every year, like two or three people that he's with, elders, like, you know, and like he, and it's tough on him for that. But like, I don't know how he do it, man. He just, and then even like growing up playing basketball, track, football, he didn't miss a game. Probably, he was there probably about 95% of the time. Like, uh, like basically low strength, you know, just got out of dialysis went home, slept for an hour, had to come pick me up. So just seeing that, you know, I can't, I can't like, you know, stop doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, I got to keep going. Man, there you go right there. 84 reasons with Ben Troop. You heard from Jervon Dexter. You heard from Lorenzo Lingard. Tell you what, I mean, you learn about, learn a lot about these guys off the field. You heard Lingard's story right there. Everything he had to deal with off the field is not, you know, these guys just aren't football players. Uh, they're, they're student athletes. They're, you know, kids in some ways and learning to be adults in, in, a, in a lot of ways there, that transition in life and got to deal with stuff like that as well. You know, sick family members and a part of the reason why Lingard is here and he still, still has to deal with it and still has to deal with these things off the field. So 84 reasons with Ben Troop, you get to hear about all these off the field stories, learn more uh, about these student athletes there at the University of Florida through the Gator Collective. Good things there happening at the Gator Collective and it's going a long way. It's going a long way. Recruits are asking about it. They're on campus. They're asking about it. College can't, you know, college, these college programs must be competitive right now in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes. These guys are taking part, taking part in being engaged with the fans. It affects the decisions of recruits. NIL does. And look, Gator fans, you can help put Florida at the forefront of name, image, and likeness. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student athletes like never before, like these podcasts here with Ben True, 84 Reasons. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever before to your favorite players. This right here is free. Everybody can go subscribe to that podcast, 84 Reasons, but so much more exclusive content at the Gator Collective. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student athletes to build relationships, develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. Name, image, and likeness is changing the landscape of college sports, and we can't be left behind. This talent acquisition business, name, image, and likeness will play a huge role 
and Florida returning to the elite status of college football. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today. You can scan the QR code on the screen. Link is in the description as well. Big, big things happening with the Gator Collective. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Really, really good stuff there. Dive into the wide receiver group and a look at what the Gator Collective is building through 84 Reasons with Ben True. So, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.